Hello and welcome back to the Comic Books Matter podcast. I'm your host, Jesse, and with me today is another returning guest. He's here to talk about his new Kickstarter and some inspirations behind the Kickstarter of uh, Burn Residue. It's Jonathan Thompson. How's it going, man? It's going good. Um, I'm going to get off the right the bat right now and say, uh, personally, I haven't been able to back the Kickstarter yet just because I'm waiting for my paycheck tomorrow, and then that's when mm-hmm. I'm backing it. Mm-hmm. But I'm so excited to get the three issues because... The art so far in the book has looked fantastic, and I'm excited to he- read you do a noir type story. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. I've noticed that you haven't backed yet. I wasn't going to hound you. There's still 15 days, so I-, I knew you'd get there. Yeah, I saw. Was it today or was it yesterday that uh, Ron V backed it? I'm like, ooh, you got yeah, some, he, you got some popular creators backing your stuff. Now. He he backed it this morning. Um, I've just been aggressively going after everyone which I guess you do when you have a Kickstarter like this. Yeah, it's fair. Uh, yeah, it's, it's actually pretty exciting, some of the people that we've got to back, just because I'm excited to get it in, you know, I'm excited to get it in everybody's hands, but it's definitely cool to know that people are responding to what's there in that way. And you, and I, I don't remember if we talked about this last time, but you didn't back Kickstart the um, uh, the Tales from the Dead Astronaut, right? That was just no, I self-funded? Went, I went, yeah, I went straight... Uh, I funded that out of pocket, which I did with this one, but like, yeah. um, I went, um, you know, I just went the standard route. Mm-hmm. I kind of was a little gun shy about doing a Kickstarter, but then after doing it the self publishing way and just, you know, trying to get people to come to your website, I found that people are really into Kickstarter, especially for comics. And especially now, cause it feels like at this point, if you have something you just want to get out there, Mm-hmm. after the lockdown and everything everybody's just like hey we'll support you any way we can because it feels like everybody who at least i read has done at least one kickstarter and i think i've backed about two of them two or three of them so far just because like yeah, yeah i want to get that book yeah exactly i th- i think it kind of did blossom during the whole like the beginning of the pandemic and the lockdown you know you started to see more people venturing out to do it then you saw like the big names going to do it. Yeah. And I think that just attracted a lot of attention to it. And I, and I think more so too, with a lot of readers who don't collect in general, digital is really appealing. So when you can get just straight digital PDFs or any kind of files from the creators themselves, and you know, it's directly supporting them. I think that's a nice bonus. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like that's why I knew the first tier I had to make was a digital tier. Yeah. And I would say probably less than half the people have gone that way mm-hmm. which is cool but i'm always more excited for people to go with that physical copy just because you know the the tactile thing in your hands is just really special to have yeah i'm excited just to get because I, I, I like trades trades are nice and they look nice on the shelf but i'm such a single issue person yeah i get that that's why i wanted to make both options too yeah and i thought um like one of the fun things well, one of the things about Kickstarter is that it makes people feel involved and it makes people excited about, you know, I see a lot of people that have backed the project who will retweet when I tweet about it because they're excited to see it reach its goal and get it in their hands. Yeah. So it kind of is like this engagement that goes on. And then on the other hand, I know a lot of people just do issue one for their Kickstarter. Yeah. And you know, they don't have the issue done yet. You're really funding it to even get the project started, which is cool. But I'm definitely the kind of mentality like it should all be done 
before mm-hmm. I'm even going out there. So like our issue one is done. Issue two is mostly done being inked and then it's going to go into the coloring stage and then issue three is right around the corner. So like by the time the campaign is over, the whole book is pretty much done and like going to be ready to go out to people. And, and even if it's not like fully done for me when it comes to the Kickstarters, if it's a graphic novel, it's a bit different, but if it's single issues, right, it feels kind of weird kickstarting a single issue. Uh, it does. And, and not a full series. Even if it is mm-hmm. just like a three issue series sounds fine or it, but because like the, I think the two that I kickstarted or back to kickstart well, one was um, uh, Jeff Lemire's most recent with a uh, Matt. Oh, okay. Uh, I think it was Matt Kinnett. I'm not sure. It's uh, I think it's Cosmic Detective. Okay. Yeah, and that's just a full graphic novel, and I think the other one I backed is um, also a full graphic novel because I see the single issue ones and I'm like, eh, I don't if. If I can get them later, I'm, I might just get the first issue later. I'm not. I don't need yeah. the exclusive Kickstarter <laughs> cover. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I've done a mix of both, but uh, you know, out of everything I've gotten, there's definitely, you know, to be honest, I've only gotten maybe two so far of the yeah. thirty campaigns I've backed, which is cool because people go at their own pace. But also, like, I do see it as a a kind of way to pre-order things. Yeah. You know, I definitely was hooked into the one that Keanu Reeves and Matt Kent did. Yeah. Like, it was a good deal to pre-order those three books. I was like, okay, you know what? I'll do this. Yeah. And then, like I was saying, I think it's fun for people. especially yeah, for the sure. People that, especially the people that are doing the physical single issue versions and even the digital version of it is that, you know, you're going to get a new book every month. And, I and think it'll that- be like... No, go ahead. No, go you, ahead. you 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 first. Uh, no, I was just gonna say it should be fun in that aspect where yeah. you should be excited when issue two is about to hit your mailbox. You know, it's gonna come in a general week, depending on how fast the post office gets it to you. But you know, it should be exciting, and by the time you put that down, you know, you're ready for the next one. Kind of yeah. like what any great miniseries or comic book can make you feel like. No, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And it, I think it's cool for the creator too because you'll see a lot of people say when they support it, like they'll share it to their social media. Mm-hmm. And so you're That's getting those fun. notifications of like, oh man, someone else liked this. Or, mm-hmm. And it also I think opens the door for the fans of those books to interact with those creators because if those creators can see who's backing them, they could be like, oh man, thanks for backing the book. And who knows what kind of conversations can come from that. So that's always fun. It's like, it's kind of like selling your book at a convention, but you're not at a convention right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I definitely had that thrill when I was selling the individual copies of Tales from the Dead Astronaut because, you know, every time you got a sale, it was exciting. Every time, you know, like me and my wife were bagging and boarding and shipping them out, that was exciting. So, like, yeah. this is just the same thing. Every time I see a backer and I take everyone straight to heart, you know, I love each and every one of them equally it's it's great so what is the uh for people who don't know what it is yet what is the pitch for burn rice to do we should get into that right yeah uh, so some point. <laughs> burn residue is a crime comic in the vein of criminal or uh, little stray bullets a little bit of a hundred bullets it's the story of willie void he is a gas station attendant with third degree burns all over his body and one night a car pulls into the gas station that's being driven by one of the men who set him on fire years ago. And they kind of, there's a woman tied up in the back and he makes the choice to follow after the guy and 
maybe get some revenge, maybe feel like a little bit of a hero. And we go on his journey seeing about how his life used to be when he was a high stakes card player who won every hand until he played a hand against a very vicious gangster and got lit on fire. And, and the thing about the, when you first sent me the link to the Kickstarter and like the idea of the book, it, it does feel very criminal, especially the most recent criminal series, the um, Cruel Summer one. Yes, yes. And, and I love those type of noir t- tales and comics because it, it just it's, it's a sense... I'm not I'm not old in, in that sense, but it does feel like I'm reading like my, how my dad would read a pulp novel and stuff. It just feels yeah. like I'm reading like a kind of a grindhouse comic in some ways, and it's fun. It's fun. It feels like you're doing something that you shouldn't a lot of times. Exactly. That's that's the fun part about even writing it is I've always been drawn to like crime fiction and the noir genre, and this was like my first chance in a long time to dive into that. So when I'm writing like Willie Boyd's inner narration, it's so much fun. You know, you get to like really play with words and make, you know, each each word sound like it's like ripped through gravel as he speaks it. And yeah. that's super fun. That's super fun. It's just fun to write, um, especially coming from Tales from the Dead Astronaut, which was, you know, short stories with a twist. And then to go into something that's three thirty-two page issues, you know, you really get a, like a, big story there in those three issues yeah and the art so far for it too just looks fantastic it really does look like something you could pick up from image or any of the independent books um or any independent publishers which sometimes when you're looking at self-published books uh something doesn't seem like it's coming together but with this project it seems like you guys are all running on full steam and like full power yeah thanks uh rosano piccioni he's the artist he's um and an Italian crime comic artist. And I kind I saw some of his work and I immediately reached out to him because I was like, I definitely, this sends me in a direction that I want to explore. Uh, also definitely during lockdown, I read a lot of Criminal. So mm-hmm. that definitely helped. So I was like, this is definitely, you know, follow my instinct. This is where I want to go. And uh, I gave him the idea for the character, which was just like a gas station attendant with the burns which I have on my Kickstarter. It's like one of the, I think it's the second image on there after mm-hmm. one of the covers. And he sent that back to me and I knew we had something. You know, his, his art is very like rough and beautiful and ugly all at the same time. And he just gets it in terms yeah. of comic books. Like for sure, this guy is a seasoned professional and you feel that, you know, when I write a script, I have the utmost confidence that what I'm going to get back is exactly what I pictured and more. And that's always a great feeling. With, uh, you talked about like you saw his art and then uh, you pitched him the character. Did you have the story too, or did the story come together while you're, once you got um, him on board? You know, I, I pitched him a few terrible ideas at first mm-hmm. and he was, you know, not, not too interested. And then when I gave him the idea for the character, it, that sparked something in him. And mm-hmm. then when I saw it, that's where it, I, I developed the story from there. Cause then I was like, okay, who is this guy? And then everything just, you know, built from there. Yeah. It, it's, it really does 
feel exciting to see those pages on your Kickstarter too. I don't know if it felt Thanks. exciting to you to get those pages back. Oh, but as someone time. who read Tales from the Dead Astronaut, I was so excited by that art to see this completely different style, but it feels good with your writing. It, 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 it's Thanks. exciting. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, no, it's, it's like a definite joy every time you see the pages come in, you know, it's like, I, I, because of the time difference, mm -hmm. he'll work on stuff while I'm sleeping. So when I wake up in the morning, I have an inbox with two or three pages from that day. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, Oh, we are in, we are so in the right direction. It's not even funny. And then I just like, just started lettering it myself because I wanted to see the book come together more and more. Uh -huh. And it just developed even to a more rugged style. And, you know, I'm excited myself to get this book in my hands. And like, so some people are afraid of the, seeing their own work sometimes, mm -hmm. but not, not me here. This is just a blast. Well, you, you say you read a lot of criminal during lockdown. What, what else inspired the series i know it's in the same vein as like stray bullets and 100 bullets and a few other crime stories but was there any other comic books or, or like even like movies or tv shows that you're like really into at the time while writing it or developing it that you're like these are the things i'm pulling from you know i i'm i've always been into like um that hollywood noir mm -hmm. so a lot of like humphrey bogart a lot of like but also a lot of French crime films, mm -hmm. like the films of Jean-Pierre Melville. And I watched a lot of those during lockdown because Criterion had them all up. So that definitely tainted me a little bit, especially because those have characters that are likable and nasty at the same time, which yeah. really definitely is. And then honestly, the biggest influence for me was it was a it was a criminal book it was i can see it right here uh the dead and the dying okay which is three three issues all dealing with a different perspective of the same incident that happens mm -hmm. you know without any spoilers someone's murdered in a pretty vicious way and then the first issue is one person's perspective then the second is the person who kills her's perspective and then the third issue is her perspective. And mm -hmm. it's a really heartbreaking story. So after I finished the first episode, uh, the first issue, I started to lean more into the psychological aspect with issue two. So it kind of, it starts off as a crime chase issue. Mm -hmm. Then it goes into a more psychological issue. And then the third issue I call my... Um, my death of Superman issue. Okay, yeah. 32 pages of fighting. Yeah. So that's where we are. What, um, I don't know if you're like this, because I know when I would write something after reading something that was like super in the same vein, do you ever catch yourself writing a line of dialogue or a scene or something? You're like, man, that's really good. Did I accidentally steal that from something? Um, <clears throat> probably, I just always know that you're stealing from something somewhere. Yeah. I kind of can uh, isolate myself from all of that, probably because I'm consuming so much at once. Mm -hmm. But then also you like, you start to drift in a different direction, like in terms of what you're absorbing. So I, when I started writing, I was reading, I was reading Rick Remender's Black Science. So something okay, yeah. very different, you know, and maybe that touched me a little bit, but I think once I get, once I zero into something with my writing, it's all about 
getting the rhythm, the tone. And then once you see, I, I also bounce off the art. Yeah, for sure. So as I see the art, I'll change things around. I'll maybe say, don't do that page 16. I have a new page 16, do this. Uh, so it's a very fluid way to work. And on the time difference too, like how, do, how is that flow going with the changes that need to be made before the art's finished? Mostly, mostly pretty good. You know, some days we won't speak because there's mm-hmm. a lot going on. You know, if I have a hectic morning, that's his afternoon to evening. So we might not connect for the day, but we'll pretty much stay in contact so that we're up to date. And he has no problem redrawing a page if I want to do something different. So that's awesome too. Yeah, it's really awesome because I know there's some artists that get frustrated having to redraw work that's already finished. So it's like, it's nice yeah. when they're like, oh yeah, no problem. I'll just save this later to sell to somebody else. Exactly. No, he's, he'll, he does a tremendous amount of art. Yeah. You know, just to, he'll do warm up sketches just to get him in the flavor of things. And then we'll just use that for promotional stuff. Yeah. You know, I, I, I posted, um, he did an awesome watercolor of Willie Boyd that I have on my Instagram. Just Willie Boyd drinking a cup of coffee in watercolor. Nowhere yeah, to use it. But I think, just I think like, uh, election day, I saw the Burnside or Burnside uh, or something like that. Yeah, I I just thought that would be fun for him to do. So I gave him the the Lex Luthor, the Lex mm-hmm. Luthor president image. I was like, do this. That'll be fun. That's fun. It's like, we have these pages that are not going to be, you know, maybe they'll be in the back pages of the graphic novel, but you know, it's just fun. And I know it helps him too. He yeah. says it's the most fun he's had drawing something in years. Well, so that's that's also fun to yeah, hear too as exciting. a writer. Yeah. He said he, uh, he felt ashamed to say that he feels like his work on issue two is even better than issue one. And he's like ashamed to say that. I was like, don't be ashamed because your work on issue one is beautiful. I'm loving what I'm seeing from issue two. So people will enjoy it as well. And honestly, from independent books, I feel uh, from newer artists that people don't know very well or newer writers, you can feel the strength with each issue too. Um, yeah. Off the top of my head, I'm trying to think of what, uh, what it is. I feel like I, I, one of them that comes to my mind is Something's Killing the Children, which was strong okay. off the bat, but I feel like these later, these newest issues, um, the stylization and the structure of the issues have gotten stronger with each subsequent in- issue. So it's always fun to see independent books grow in- into themselves. Yeah, and I feel that we have that going on as well. Mm-hmm. You know, even my script from issue one to issue two, what, once you've gotten into the character even more and the world even more, I'm sure it just it just inherently builds within you. For um for this project in particular, how long did it take you from uh, issue one to issue three, just script writing? You know, we kind of hit the ground running. Mm-hmm. I, he had an opening in, I want to say mid-September. Mm-hmm. And we came up with the idea in probably around August, the end of August. So I had about two weeks to bang out the script. But I also, I spend a lot of time thinking about it. Yeah, for sure. So that helps, you know, and then I'll make my numbers one to 32 on a legal pad and mark off where the page turns on. And then I'll just flow from there. You know, sometimes I don't always have all the narration written ahead of time, Mm -hmm. but I, I know what needs to be on each page. 
and that's enough for him to go and do what he needs to do. And, and that's really impressive too, because if you guys didn't start working on it until September, and now, no, I mean, we are in November; it's a few months, but still, yeah. it's only two months of turnaround to have that first issue done. Oh, the first issue was done even earlier. The first issue was done mid earlier than mid October, because I think I had it for about okay. I had it for about two weeks before we went ahead and did the Kickstarter. Yeah, so that's that's extremely impressive turnaround for especially thirty two yeah. pages, no ads in anything like that. He's he's a killer artist who, like, he just goes, and that's a beautiful thing to have too. It puts pressure on me. Yeah, I'm just like, okay, he's he he's ready for issue too? three. Uh, he's coloring, but he has an assistant as well that helps oh, okay. him with the coloring. Um, I'm not sure the division between them, obviously, because I can't communicate with both. Yeah, but um, they do beautiful work. Uh, one one of the questions I had uh, for you uh, about the Kickstarter is I know when the cover the cover for the graphic novel is going to be done by Jacob Phillips, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited to. How do you guys on connect on that? that? Um, I've been talking with Chris Condon for a while. Okay. And uh, I, I, you know, I've sent him issue one. I was asking him for some tips on my pitch because I was originally going to pitch it to Image and all them, and. Uh, we connected that way. And then Jacob just put out a post that on Twitter that he was thinking about doing commissions. And I asked him if he wanted to do the cover for the book. And then we talked, I gave him issue one and he said yes. And off to the races. The Jacob's one of those uh, guys that it's, it's so surprising because he's been, he's been coloring Sean for a long time, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, if anybody doesn't know, Sean Phillips is a, uh, the artist for basically all of criminal Ed all of criminal yes yeah, every basically any independent stuff mm-hmm. um and so and now jacob phillips has his own book um i wish i could remember the title off the top of my head but it's like a that, it, that's texas like a no, blood yeah texas blood it always feels it feels like when i see the ads for it and stuff it's like a no country fold men type story yeah yeah and it's great and i so i was getting that book and Chris is the writer. So I had, re- you know, it was like a whole string of incidences where I've reached out to one person. And then now all of a sudden I have, you know, Jacob agreeing to do the cover for us. And, and, that, and that's perfectly. just so r- rad because like you can say now, hey, I got Jacob Phillips doing the art and now Jacob Phillips is a big time image artist mm-hmm. uh, just recently. So now people, you get that notoriety to come to the Kickstarter too. Yeah, yeah. And he's, he's a, by the time this airs he'll have started the cover you know he had his own work to do first so i hope we'll be able to reveal that by like next week by next new comic book day sweet yeah pretty excited for that um with burn residue and tales from the dead astronaut i feel like you're making yourself uh known is the best way to, to say it like that's the plan yeah you're, you're kind of putting your foot in the ground saying hey i can do this kind of without a publisher so now any of you guys want to help me out and we can see what we can do with a publisher type of thing um do you have big plans to work with like for, with another image title or a long form series i would i would love to you know i have many plans sitting in my back pocket you know i i definitely think when this campaign is done we're going to go out to publishers and pitch it as a graphic novel. You know, mm-hmm. we, we've done the hard work. It's done. You know, we go out there with Jacob's beautiful cover and pitch it that way. But 
me and Rosano are working on other ideas to pitch out there. You know, we have an idea for a watercolor um, crime graphic novel, mm. which I have some pretty strong ideas for. We would love to do that. You know, I would I would love to get out there and just get more and more known. And that's the the feels like the fun thing with Kickstarter too is like you can keep doing these if the first like if the first was successful, it feels like you could do another successful one right uh, not yeah. right after right 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 after but like you could come back and do another one. Um, if I've seen a lot of people who don't nail it the first time and then maybe come back and try it again, but anybody who's successfully done one usually comes back and do another one when the publisher passes or if they just kind of want to cut out that process for the time being. Mm -hmm. So it's exciting to see this one be almost fully funded. Um, how far are you away right now? We're, we're at like just under 3000 right now. Yeah. $5,000. I'm pretty confident that we'll get there, which is nice because when I, when I started this book, I promised my wife that I would just make sure it made us whole at the end yeah. after everything we put in and we'll get there for the most part. But um, that's like almost the only thing that I need to accomplish right now. I don't need to send to sell, you know, 50,000 copies of anything. Mm -hmm. I just need to make it break even and get into people's hands because I'm satisfied the work and I know people are going to enjoy it. Uh, were, were you writing the uh, the? Um, I feel I assume you you were done with the second issue, um, by the time the Kickstarter launched. But were you writing the third one while you were launching the Kickstarter? Yep, yep. At, like, I like to wait a little bit to get as much pages as I can mm -hmm. of issue two before I decided to like script. And I'm not going to give Rosano the final script for issue three until he's finished with issue two. Yeah. Just because if I want to make any changes, that's the better time to do it. Mm -hmm. um, it'll be a relief to be completely done with everything. But also, you know, I'm going to dive right into the next project. So the question I had, though, was as you're writing the script, as you're running the campaign, and yeah. you are, and if anybody who's listening follows you, you're kind of a madman when it comes to promoting uh, <laughs> the Kickstarter. So how do you do both like is it been a struggle to make sure you make time for writing or make sure, make sure you make time for promoting um let me just say like i live in a house with my wife and three dogs so a lot of attention gets paid to all four of them mm -hmm. so i've just naturally had to balance things and um i just always find a way to make time you have to because mm -hmm. you're gonna go where your passion lies um sometimes i do get caught up attacking everyone possible on Twitter to let me know I exist. And then, you know, but you just shut everything down and sit down and the writing just flows, I find. That is one of those things I always get jealous of when someone says like the writing just flows because I've had those moments and I'm like, oh man, that's so great when that happens. But when you oh, don't have that moment for a while, you're like, man, that, he, that, that man's sucking up all the flow right now. <laughs> no, nah, you know, it is. It's the toughest part of sitting down. Yeah, no, that's for sure. To do the hardest it. times. It's one hundred percent. You know, they they say that you're supposed to sit down and write every day, and for a lot of people, that's just not going to happen. Mm -hmm. For me, it doesn't happen like that. Mm -hmm. But I know I'm the type of person that I could go three days without writing, but be constantly thinking about what I'm going to write next, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which only like makes me eager to sit down and write but also then when i do write 
I could spend two hours and get, you know, 10 pages done. Yeah. You know, I, I can get all that there. And when it comes to writing, like, I, I think it is also said, you can only be as good as how much you're reading or what you're reading, right? Mm-hmm. What are some of the things, not crime related, but just in general, new or kind of revisiting older things or discovering older things that you are consuming right now? Um, what am I, I'm consuming a lot of J.G. Ballard, mm-hmm. the dystopian uh, sci-fi writer. I'm in the midst of reading High Rise. I'm almost done with that. That's always fun. You know, I like I like to always be reading a book and I like mm-hmm. to go from book to book. So I always have like my next thing lined up. So that's a good decompression at the end of the day. Um, in terms of what's good, you know, there's so much good stuff out there right now, which is mm-hmm. great. You know, I just got all the new TKO books. I need to pick uh, some of those up. I know uh, yeah. the poll is one I need to make sure I grab. You know, I was fortunate that they screwed up my order a couple months ago. So mm-hmm. I got a 50% discount that I was holding off on. And I used that coupon to get everything. Mm-hmm. So that felt good. Uh, I just, I'm almost done with Red Fork, which has been good. Uh, I think I'm going to go right into the poll right after that, just to rev my engines up more. And yeah, there's just, there's so much good stuff that, you yeah, know, where does sure. one find the time? You know, I have Blue and Green Sitting There by Ram V, and mm-hmm. I don't want to just pick it up to read a page or two. I know that's something that I'm going to want, like, to just sit down with for an hour and read cover to cover. Mm-hmm. So that, that haunts me that I haven't gotten to that yet. But, you know, there's great stuff. But then also I like to decompress and watch a good old movie. Mm, that has been one of the joys recently is because i i used to i'm not used to it used to like a year ago is kind of what it means but uh i used to read like every night i would read before bed and i would read a novel or something and i realized that i was stressing myself out because i wasn't writing (laughs) (laughs) so i'm reading someone's writing when i need to be reading myself so i'm like you know what exactly i need to take a break from reading uh, a novel before bed and i'm gonna enjoy watching something or playing something or just listening to something because that is not my field so i can enjoy it more (laughs) that's true you know i my my day job is i'm a real estate photographer Mm -hmm. so i go out every day and there's a lot of times in my day where i have like lulls in my day you know an hour to myself and I always bring my my clipboard with what needs to be worked on for the day you know whatever pages that I'm working on and I say to my wife every time like okay I'm not sure why I'm bringing this because I know I'm going to look at it and not be in the mood to do anything with it and then I'm just going to be more stressed out that I didn't do anything that day so I just stop bringing it all together I just bring comics now yeah it, you know. it, it's definitely one of those things that I like the comics themselves even though i do aspire one day maybe to write a comic reading those doesn't feel like i'm neglecting the job the dream job <laughs> but reading the novel where i have a novel idea in my in my journal i'm like oh i should be actually working on that instead exactly no it's funny it's i bring my notes for the comic script that i should be reading but instead of doing that i'm just reading yeah whatever whatever week's comics i still have to read so you've done sci-fi with Tales from the Dead Astronaut. You're doing crime now. Are you going to keep hopping from genre to genre, you think, or are you going to stick with crime for a bit? Um, 
I think it's all, it always depends on the artist, mm -hmm. you know, Rosano, he's a crime artist mm -hmm. through and through. So I want to explore more with him. Um, over with George with Tales from the Dead Astronaut, we have a few things in the fire pits right now. So we're going to do a few more tales, mm -hmm. which is fun. But then, you know, I'm not sure where I go next. I'm uh, trying to get my, my Superman job. So that's superhero I mean, Superman. That's, that's what I want. Someone's got to take over the book when Bendis leaves. That's all I'm saying. Exactly. Exactly. So give me a give me a, uh, a Lois Lane or a Jimmy Olsen book. I'll start off there. There you go. Uh, exactly. You can start with the journalist aspect of it because that can fit exactly. into the crime section just a bit mm -hmm. better. But yeah, I mean, I would love to try a Western. You know, the comic genre is so limitless. Yeah, that's what's so great about and it. And that's what's awesome about it. And you know, it's testing yourself in different ways like this was it was fun to go from the short story anthology version to go to you know originally we were going to do this as a one shot mm -hmm. and then i uh, you know once i saw his character design i was like oh no i can't fit this just into 32 pages let's mm -hmm. go all the way and make it three issues so that was fun that was a different you know a different way of doing things i'd like to do a horror book next I think that's pretty popular right now. I'm not chasing the popularity, but like, it seems to be a cool way to do things, you know? I mean, if anything, if you have something to pitch, I would say pitch it to James Tinian so you can uh, get into razor blades. That's true. That's true. That's true. That's something else I need you know? to be picking up that I don't know why I haven't yet. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got, I got the digital version because I don't know if I can fit any more yeah. Packages in my mailbox every time something comes. My wife looks at me like, "We got another one." I'm like, "No, there are Kickstarter rewards that have been coming through still." Horror is one of those things too, where it's um, especially now that, you, that you've finished a crime thing. It feels like horror would be a good detour around it, kind of. Yeah. Because horror, I feel like, is is the brother and uh, is the brother to both crime stories and also comedy in a lot of ways. Where you have to have a certain sensibility, with like especially when you're making timing. Um, yeah, timing with horror is really mm -hmm. important, especially with movies and TV shows. And I think that's why it's a sibling to comedy in that sense. But when it comes to the writing, I think it's a sibling to crime because you have to have a sense of suspense and a sense of dread because those two go hand in hand in both genres a lot. And yeah. if you don't know how to build either one of those, I don't think you can write either drama, uh, either genre very well. That's true. You know, I think for me, com outside of character, the thing that comics have that other mediums don't is its, it's style of pacing mm -hmm. and the page turn. Mm -hmm. You know, that was something that for me when I write, every time you turn the page, that other side has to be something that you weren't expecting or something that's a gut punch every time. Yeah. I think that's what helps build the pacing of my work because it's always constantly flowing like that. And I think horror does, needs that. It needs both of those things incredibly. Yeah, and um, that's, I think, the, one of the better, uh, not better things, but one of the cool things about Burn Residue is having your main character be a burn victim in some ways builds to the horror of this man has suffered so much. Mm -hmm. And now we get to see him kind of let go, not let go, but let loose of what, the past was onto some people, some other people that he knows. Yeah. 
Yeah. It, I like that image and I like that you see both versions of Willie mm-hmm. in issue one. Um, I think by the end of issue one, he does some horrific things, mm-hmm. but you're on board with him, which is even more messed up. Yeah. It's like you're like almost rooting for him at that point, but you know you shouldn't be. And mm-hmm. I think that's where issue two plays into that a lot, that feeling that if you got any joy out of issue one, you will feel bad about it by issue two. Yeah. It, it, it's extremely exciting to see you be able to play in this field and see it come together so well. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Cause that's exactly how I feel too. You know, it's, you take a, a leap like this and it just felt natural. Mm-hmm. And, and it seems natural just looking at the pages that are on the Kickstarter right now. Thanks. Thanks. I mean, it's, I, I like having things that you can't do any in any other medium like i say and issue two builds to a like a double page spread that the people that back it digitally are going to be upset that they went that way (laughs) because to hold that double page spread in your hands is going to be something special yeah it's one of those things where like sometimes i wonder if digital only books Oh, I, I think about um, webtoons. Those work really well digitally because they're made for the digital market. Yeah. And same thing with the Comixology originals. I read some of those, and those work really well digitally because they were built for that system. But I'm like, anybody reading the Death of Superman digitally must hate it. Of course. Because the whole entire book is just splash pages. Exactly. You're just your eye glazes over them so quickly. Yeah. But yeah, you know, but that's like with Tales from the Dead Astronaut we were offered from a few places to do them digitally, sell them digitally. And I was so against it. I was like, not going to happen. If you want this book, you have to hold it in your hands. This Mm -hmm. is a, this is the, that's the deal breaker for me. But obviously with the Kickstarter, you have to offer people the option to take, Mm -hmm. but I'm, you know, I feel bad every time I see a digital backer. I'm like, you know, you're going to want the physical one. Mm -hmm. Well, Jonathan, thank you for being on the show. Uh, thank you for coming back and talking about this because I was excited when yeah, you sent it to you. me to just talk, kind of dive into it a bit of uh, the creation process of it. Um, the Kickstarter will begin the description of the show with the hyperlink, hopefully, for it. Uh, please back it if you can because uh, how much is the digital tier? Like five, is it 5 or $10? The, the digital is 10 and that's yeah. all three issues. So, I mean, that's that's like getting like lunch one day where you can just make sure you bring a salad to work instead like that's that's like easy to do so i will be backing it for sure but like anybody listening give it a look see if you like it i think you will because it's just a really well done and good looking title that if you don't even like comic books it's not really a superhero title i think that helps with a lot of people yeah yeah it's a it's i i keep referring it to as like a grisly crime tale Mm -hmm. and i think that's the most appropriate words for it and uh jonathan where can people find you on twitter and on instagram uh so on twitter i am harassing everyone about uh burn residue as commander of zed cmdr of zed and then on instagram i'm space station zed and what's the website too though by tells me that space station zed.com and one of the tiers in the Kickstarter, if you back the digital, there's one that includes Tales from the Dead Astronaut. And if you listen to the previous episode I had with Jonathan, you'll know that I recommend reading that too. 
Yeah, thanks, thanks. Um, and you can find this show on Twitter at Comics Matter Pod, uh, Facebook at facebook.com slash comics matter. You can email me at comicbooksmatter at gmail.com. And if you have any questions for guests, stories about how comics impacted you, or want to be on the guest, be a guest on the show yourself, uh, you can reach out to me at all those places. And don't forget to leave a review of the podcast on your favorite platforms and share it with a friend who you want to get into comic books, who's into comic books, or do you think this is just a fun show to listen to? Uh, the logo of the show is done by our friend Steven, and the theme is Join the Restaurant by David Zetsi, and I found it on freemusicarchive.com. And remember, everybody, especially as we get closer to the holidays, uh, be kind to one another.